feel like I got this. Yeah, you do. No, I believe in you. Sparker? Hey, guys. Hey, Bubba. Nice to see y'all. Nice to see you, Josh. Hey, Seth P. It's nice Seth meeting P. you. Josh. Oh, it's nice Josh, to meet you, man. Seth P. I've never, I've never met you, Seth P. I know. I saw you briefly on one Zencast a long time ago. This on is so Zencast? nice. I swear there was, was a beginning. Oh, they were about to go. They were about to go to a party. They were going out to a party. A Zoom. A Zoom. Oh, it was a Zoom. Was it a Zoom? Okay. Yeah, we're not using. Oh, well, I was like maybe in the maybe in the background or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a background actor at this house sometimes yeah. too. I, cre- I, cre- I creep, I creep back there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you you actually do kind of creep back here. I, I wish like, that y'all could have like recorded to yeah in the same room together. Is he back there right now? Is it? There, it's like I a actually Robert, am, and they're and they're in the closet. <laughs> it's a it's a Robert Blake version of Jayware. That's just he's, like he's hiding in your house. Yeah, he's he's busing in my floorboards. Um, <laughs> Welcome, Josh Ware. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm it's glad good to, to have you here. here on the dungeon. Um, yeah. You've given us a slate of three movies to watch. Uh, I'm just going to say what they are, and then we can do our bullshit. Um, sure. But so we're we this week we watched Superman two, we watched <laughs> Jaws, and we watched Mr. Mom, <laughs> all of which came out within a like an eight year period between 19. I thought it was even tighter. Oh wow, it was 1983. Can you tell us about the VHS tape? I'm just going yeah, go to go straight there. Going straight to the hole in your chest. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. so the, um, yeah, I, 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 well, I'll get to that in a second. But so the reason I picked these three things is because these three films was because <laughs> as a kid, and I'm sure we're all like relatively within the same age bracket, like uh, more generation. Yeah. So, like, it, as you recall, I, I would assume, is uh, Sunday nights on network television, they had the Sunday night movie. Uh, yeah. And it would run from, like, 8 p.m. after, like, football or, like, whatever sport was going on until 11 p.m. Yeah. when the local news would come on. And um, they were whatever hit movies or blockbusters were, like, two to three years previous mm. once like they came out of theater and like the VHS and Betamax stores had kind of like done their like rotation of like hawking their wares to, you know, newly mm. uh, VH v- VCR purchasing audiences. Yeah. Um, and so as a kid, uh, we, you know, we got all stoked about these things because there's movies we never had seen before and we would um, record them on our, our VCR um, you know, and mm. I, I think we had an old Zenith, you know, and it was yeah, one of those yeah. ones that they were probably yes. about like two, two to two and a half feet long, probably about a foot to a foot and a half deep and about six to nine inches, um, tall. T- top, and you'd loader? Press a button. top loader. Yeah. Like a briefcase. Like a top briefcase. loader. Yeah. It was a top loader and it, the, the cassette the loader would come up and then back Yeah, and you'd slide the yeah. thing in and then you push it down. And uh. we actually did have a, um, a recorder, a uh, 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 not a recorder. Um, uh, what do you call it? The thing, the, the remote. The, the thing, yeah, a remote. But, but it had a cord on it that would plug in, so it, was, it wasn't <laughs> oh, a cordless shit. remote. Oh my it was god! A corded, a corded remote, remote, remote is some. Yeah, that is and the so dungeon the, of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a, so, a, it's not a remote. It's like a local. 
Yeah. yeah. And so the thing was like with that was like, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd press play, uh, or record, press it, play and record. You had to press both buttons. Um, oh, yeah, and right. then mm-hmm. during the, during the, during the commercials, then we'd press pause. So it would stop recording. And then when the commercials came back on, you, you press pause again. So yeah, it would stop yeah. recording again. And the trick was always like not to mit, not to like cut it off before you got any commercials, and then start it right before the the, that the, the sweet the little meniscus, ended. yeah, yeah. Is this so a clean, clean copy, the, clean the cleanest copy. cut you could get. <laughs> the one thing that was always a bummer, though. So as a kid, we could never stay up to the the, the full uh, for the full movie. We'd have to go to bed around nine nine thirty when all like the action was happening, you know. Uh, and so mm. we'd have to leave it to one of our parents to dub out the commercials Oof. and like, you know, my dad, you know, he was a dad from Cleveland in the eighties. He didn't do shit. So it was basically <laughs> my mom doing it. And you know, my mom was run ragged. She had like six kids. She had a was of working full time. Like she didn't want to fucking stab and watch Superman two or jaws. So the, the back half got, the back half got a little dicey. Yeah. And if there was going to be a mistake, you'd always hope that like oh, they record the commercials as opposed to forgetting to unpause it and oh, then just oh, missing the whole yeah, back yeah. half. Because that happened on a few movies. Yeah. So You'd rather fast forward the commercials than miss the movie. Yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, you get like perfect copy. But, you know, when mom's yeah. running the show, you know, you miss shit, you know. Just, uh, just but quick, God bless quick. it. The, 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 me- the, the mere fact she even did this, she was a fucking saint. Amazing. You know I, I, I was mean? just going to say, sh- shout out to Joyce, who I recently <laughs> met and is – like uh, just a deeply lovely person. I re- like, She's great. I, She's a great person. Like yeah. I met her, and then like within 15 seconds, we were like making jokes about our shoes being similar. Like, <laughs> She's like similar so, shoe yeah. jokes. That's a the fact that you the fact that you have similar shoes to a 75 year old woman. Uh, is <laughs> interesting. It will surprise no listener to the yeah. dungeon yeah. at all. Like those Kryptonians <laughs> matching some matching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, I picked these three particular movies because there's like mm. a set of movies that like we watched over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> so much so that we had like all the dialogue to the movies memorized from start to finish. No joke. Like every yeah. single fucking word. Cause we'd watch these movies. Like, you know, this wasn't, you know, I feel like, I don't know if you have any listeners, but if you do yeah. and they're not of our not really. age, you know, it's like one of those things. It's not like fucking internet where you can just watch anything you want whenever you want. Like this was like we had like ten movies dubbed on VHS. And <laughs> yeah, that was all yeah. we had. You know, and you had to like work um, to get them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's so, so it's much like, teamwork yeah. involved in these movies. Yeah, really capturing. Yeah, that's it. a good point. Yeah. Were, so we were you just, the most we, on point recorder. Me personally. Yeah. yeah. Oh Did, man. I, were you the I, most no, I, sort of precise? One? Like who was running the show? Cut chemist. Whoever was the closest, whoever was the closest to, to, to the TV, you know, but it was yeah. a team effort. Like, I was going to hop up there. Yeah. There was like, cause no one wanted to move, you know what I mean? Yeah. But there was hecklers mm-hmm. and like, we'd yell at each other and try mm-hmm. to I get, was just like, going to ask what that scene was like. If there was, if it was silent cooperation and intensity, or if it was like sort of, Raucous. No, man. Like, it was raucous. It was like there was eight people in my fucking family in one house. Yeah, damn. In front of one, I mean, I don't think everyone was alive at that point. I mean, there was probably some little nuggins that weren't born yet. But, like, you know, there was at least six people in there yelling at each other. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you know, Sunday nights, we were also the nights where we, like, 
would order like pizza mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we didn't drink soda. We didn't drink soda pop at our house. Um, uh-huh. So it was <laughs> well, like, so it's so always watching nights. something. This was a cause to watch something together. Like, uh, to, did, you get, did you get to watch things together? Yeah, we watched it together, and we got to get two. We got we would get a two liter of Coca Cola or Pepsi along with our pizza, and it was the yes. only time we were allowed to yes. drink soda pop. So we were fucking hopped uh, up on caffeine uh, to no end, and so you know it's like beautiful. So do you remember Cleveland being very? It's raucous. 80s. So you remember this raucous thing of yeah, watching yeah, yeah. In, in, the, like, in the midst of this. Yeah, and if someone uh, did like hit pause in time, they'd get uh, an earful. But if someone didn't unpause it in time. You'd even get more of an earful because that yeah. meant you're missing the fucking movie and the recording. So uh, it's it the was saving like, of it too. It's just like no, that we're gonna. That this is gonna be something we're gonna come back to. Like we're gonna keep doing this yeah. thing together. I love that. Um, and yeah, I think we miss some of that coming back around to something. Or, or yeah, just over and over again. Rich or like something thing. feeling like a movie feeling kind of like precious in a way. Like um, like it's on and we have to get it now. Like, it's a resource. You're, yeah. yeah, it's a resource. And that's you know, I keep thinking like, and, and I think like I was thinking about your this mix of movies, which is so beautiful. <laughs> and uh, uh, but at the same time, it's just like whatever movie we see, I, I was like, well, what could be the lowest I could ever give a movie? Like what I'm seeing before me is like a you know, it's almost like it's a miracle that I get to see it. You know, it's like for for whatever yeah. it is. So it's like I think it it comes like with this automatic. Like spirit. Are you saying this because Superman Two kind of sucks? No, 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 no. Oh my god! So no, Ebert gave it. Ebert gave it four star. I went back and like I read Ebert's review. Ebert gave it a perfect score. Ebert loved it and he adored it. (laughs) And like so, it seems like there's like a mixed, you know. And I, there are definitely a couple great scenes, but the fact that Mm, yeah, it mm. could be yeah, the fact that it was a four. But that's also fascinating. The thing I was thinking about Superman Two. Specifically, uh, there's a couple of things I want to get into the backstory yeah, about please. the recording. Oh, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll put that in pause for a second. But the thing about Superman too is like mm. that was like <laughs> that was like fucking like prime Reagan years. That was like when yeah. Reagan was like early Reagan. You can people, feel it. Like people yeah, yeah, yeah. loved Reagan. Cold War was still like going strong. Mm. That was like mm. an American Superman's movie, Cold War. You know oh, I mean? yeah. yeah. It's and that end scene. When he's yeah, br- yeah, yeah. holding the flag With and he's putting the, 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 the dome yeah. back on, putting the White the, House the White back House. together. I was like, yeah, I had forgotten. This... I had forgotten that Superman is about that, like the whole like truth, justice, and the American way thing. Like, I so, had forgotten. Wait, when, about when was the, the fr- I, I, yeah, no, I'm, I was never like a comic <laughs> book. Were you a comic book guy too? I mean, were you really into comics? Um, like, I never. Uh, like, not at that point. Later, later on. Later on, I was, but I never was a Superman guy. It's more like a, I got into Batman maybe a little bit, and like, uh, but oh, I was wait. like, I was like reading weird, so, weird comics. Like I remember, like Ralph Snart was like a big comic fan. I was a big fan of Ralph Snart. Snart. It's like those are like weird. They're not like superhero comics. They're just like mm-hmm. creepy, <laughs> strange. <laughs> yeah, Snart. Not, Ralph Snart. Yeah. But, well, um, wait, so, but is that like a thing? Like, I'm just thinking one of the things I was thinking about with Mr. Mom is like that it's, it's this sort of like, there's a, like a critique of capitalism in there, but it's like buried real, real deep. Like, um, with the Detroit and the, the yeah, uh, but I'm just thinking about like the difference between 1980 and 1983, kind of. It's just like, mm-hmm. 
Maybe mm. that is it. Which like, one was which? Which one was well, like, which one? So Superman 81 two is, is Superman 2. Superman 2, two is like 8081, and then Mr. Mom is 83. So it's like... Is it's it like, already like just rotting? The shine is like wearing off. Yeah, it's already like, just you know? rotting. Uh, well, I mean, I think, you know, Carter was 77 through 81. Right. So I think, you know, there was a little bit of a recession. There was high inflation. And I think, you know, there was a lot of economic turmoil going on in the United States. And I think like Reagan was like the politically, I think in the yeah. eyes of many, like the Superman, mm. literally he was mm. like Christopher Reeves of the political arena. I think for a lot of Americans, mm. it's certainly my father. My father loved fucking. Yeah. Reagan. My parents was crazy. Did, my mom and my um, stepdad adored him. Interesting. Yeah. So and so I think the, the, the Michael Keaton thing, I think was speaking towards like a certain, like, economic situation that was actually occurring in the United States yeah. around that time. And, um, but it's also, I was thinking more of Mr. Mom as like a critique of normative gender roles. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also it, it, it also isn't because at the end of the movie, like yeah. everyone goes back to their original oh, role return. And, like, yeah. all is well again, you know, Mr. Mr. Mom really blew me away. That movie's like fucking hilarious. Like it's gold. I feel like it holds up. Yeah. It held up more than I expected a movie called Same. Mr. Mom to hold up in 2022. I, you know, I was like I, laughing my ass off watching this thing. <laughs> yeah. Keaton's got Keaton's got some great chops in that. I mean, he's got some good stuff in this movie for sure. I mean, my dungeon favorite Michael Keaton. Like. Yeah, dun, dun, <laughs> domestic dungeon favorite Michael yeah, Keaton. We, I was thinking, have you guys have you guys dipped in that much Keaton? Um, multiplicity. Multi- multiplicity uh, is an important. There's a touchstone, and that's that. got ma- and that's got many Keatons. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yes, um, I mean, and it's like this, and also this domestic thing, of course. But you know, like yeah, this kind of like this role of, and it's like, you know, I was trying to think about like like all these these yeah, everything's kind of like these hopped up, not not hopped up, but these like super elevated levels. You know, for for Keaton to attain. <laughs> You know, momhood <laughs> is like this amazing. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment for for yeah. any of us to like to be that figure. How is and, that hitting uh, you, Seth Parker? Oh man, I mean, like, there's some. Like I always say, like I feel in all of these in any movie where there's like a parenting thing thing, or I always compare myself <laughs> negatively to no matter how <laughs> bad, no matter how bad that example might be. I'm like, <laughs> you think that's bad? You think, you know, it's like, I cannot, I can't even be Mr. Mom. I would love, I would love to think if like, Dainu, you know, if only I could be uh, could Michael be Keaton Mom. and Mr. Mom. But no, he's are, totally. Are you fighting the hoses in the washing machine a lot? Oh, I love that. There's some good water features in uh, Mr. Mom and in Superman too. I love the water uh, mm, elements mm-hmm. in Superman too. I actually intentionally didn't go and watch Superman one. I don't know if I've ever, ever even seen <laughs> seen it all the way through, but uh, Margot Kidder is ama- is amazing. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she was you so know, much fun to watch. I th- so I guess they did they they made one and two at the same time. Did you know really that? really? Yeah, they shot the they shot one and two at the same time. And well, those sets are so big. That's so interesting. They did that. Wait, what's the controversy? Because they have different directors, right? Yeah, so like two, oh. I watched I watched this thing called the Richard Donner cut, 
which is like about the same time but it's like so i watched basically a different movie i watched like one that was like it's like lajete it's it's lajete on the top of there's a donner cut yeah and when you were like oh because superman 2 is not good i was like superman 2 fucking ruled the one that i saw a couple of hours ago like was incredible the donner cut well, wait, yeah, I, gotta, wait, I thought it was going to be bullshit, but I was like, well, I I don't remember anything about the the what the the sort of the normative cut is, but the Donner cut, <laughs> the is, normative cut. is like really trans. It, you know, whenever when people are always like, you know, by visionary director, it just means like <laughs> fucking asshole who got fired for being a dickhead, you know? Yeah. Like or like impossible to work with megalomaniac or whatever, you know, but yeah. like. Richard Donner, whoever the fuck that is, like he made knocked- Goonies. Oh, did he? Well, he knocked mm-hmm. it out of the fucking park on this cut. I gotta say, um, mm. it's it's really dark. Does Sloth really make a- an appearance? <laughs> Sloth is <laughs> is uh, like carried around in a little backpack by Gene Hackman the whole. And he time. beats the shit out of Superman at so, one point. So, did you do any research on what the doc? Because I don't know which cut I watched. I just watched the one that was on Showtime. I'm sure That's you what I watched. Or I'm HBO sure you all watched the regular cut. No, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I um, I mean, I think that there's like you there's saw it out. We're, they use screen tests in the middle of it sometimes, but to like reshoot it, like it's really like it, Wait, you can what? tell that. Raw. It's, yeah, raw did you watch like avant garde Superman two? Like it was like the most, it was the most Maya Darren version of Superman two that you're ever gonna see. <laughs> oh man were you like all hopped up on painkillers while you were watching this or um i only i should say i I hurt my foot i'm not just a chunky but (laughs) yeah sorry uh, i should have mentioned he's not just like you know sucking down pounding oxycodone um i yeah i fell down some stairs but i um so yeah, I was most. But just you know, like, and, and, and the and and the and the in the in the spirit of you know, uh, <laughs> I don't even know in the spirit of what you were on drugs when you fell down the stairs. <laughs> well, <laughs> drugs. I had friend. I had I had friends giving early with um, with my friends Wit and Shannon and, with and you Andrew. know how friends giving. Yeah, we were in Taos and we ran into the classic problem of like, um, you know, Wit made. <laughs> They, they made green bean casserole that I could eat, but they also infused it with weed. And um, so Wit had <laughs> Tough like... Tough when all, that happens. Yeah, Wit, 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 made, Wit made this olive oil of like 15 different strains they had lying around. So it was just like, it was definitely like Admiral Akbar level obliteration. And it was... Uh, so he made this olive oil and then they baked it in the green bean casserole and in the like uh, the, the acorn squash. And so like we had He's this. got to be such a like regular <laughs> listener to this podcast to know. To be tracking on Akbar. <laughs> I'm trying to remember Akbar. Wait, this is a Star Wars thing? <laughs> it's a Star Trek thing. He's a- this is a Star Trek. No, thing. Akbar's that dude with the red head. <laughs> Star Wars. And yeah, he's like it's, it's, a, it's a trap. He's, he's Mon Calamari. Yeah, <laughs> but but anyway, so it was like one in the morning, and I woke up in bed with just like a fatal ca- case of cotton mouth. Like I seriously was like, all the water in the world is not going to cure this, and I so I like snuck out, kind of like dizzy, and um, 
and I've been I changed like this this is the sad old man part. I changed part of my stroke medication, so I'm kind of dizzy at night a little bit still. Mm. So like I got out out over the stairs and I was like trying not to wake anybody up and then I just like tumbled down the stairs and was like and I was like oh and then like they went to look for you and they were like if he stopped he stopped in shade so what was was really cool is Wick comes out just like fully naked also very high almost fell down the stairs too and it was like he I think he thought Andrea fell down the stairs but uh, it it was me Oh, but man. yeah, I, yeah. So, um, that's, that that's, so yeah, some wound care, some wound some care wound this care. week, dude, I, I busted out the tarp, like, so then the next day we landed on the tarp. <laughs> I didn't, they I had didn't the realize, tarp ready. I didn't realize how bad my feet were hurt until the next day. And then, um, you know, we got up a little bit and we were going to take some mushrooms together. And so we did. So I took like a full on <laughs> dose of magic mushrooms. And like, I was telling Seth this, like, but like, I couldn't use either foot because I had like, a broken toe on my, I had a broken toe on my left foot and like a hardcore, like sprained foot and ankle oh. on, my, on my right. Like I maybe thought it was broken. So I just wrapped the shit out of it. And was then it like was blue tape, like, some blue tape. It was, it was, yeah, it was looking like, the end of a horror movie, you know, and I was in that mindset where I was like, this isn't going to kill me, you know? And so yeah. I was, I was just like kind of waiting it out, but like, man, I do not. Reckon- it was just I- you and Steve Gutenberg at the yeah, bottom no, no, of the no. stairs. <laughs> it was, it was rough. But Lindsay's yeah, not I- even, a, or Lindsay is not a listener whatsoever, but I showed her a picture of your ankle and she's like, oh, a little wound care. A little weird, <laughs> like, so I, think I was I think so it's... hardcore no country like I, that's what I thought the whole time part of it was like oh fuck I really like hurt myself and the other <laughs> part was like well I'm boiling the tools like I had a roadmap for what to do and yeah. for a, like th- that version of stoicism that this I had roadmap. to bring to it wow. I was yeah. like I gotta sugar up you know and <laughs> it's almost like you're like ready to get like shot or something like that's what's felt- that's what's so interesting about well, I mean, it made me think of Jaws for a second because it's like mm, when when mm, they know yeah. when they know it's coming, it's just so interesting yeah. like the kind of silence to all of it and the quietude to mm. that getting ready kind of thing that's happening. Well, wait, we haven't talked about Jaws yet, Jayware. What's your relationship with Jaws? Like, where it was like because well, Jaws is like a little older than these other movies. Before I get into it, did you guys <laughs> check out that that link I sent you today? With that no, meme, with that shirt. Wait, what? Shirt oh, about the says, oh the mayor, the mayor that gets reelected. Yeah, oh yeah, re-elected. that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a get out. It's like a get out and vote shirt, but it is. It did make. It's it, true. I never considered that before. It's like, oh, yeah. How the fuck did the mayor get reelected? You, yeah. you know, you had after the, you've just seen the, the whole bath, especially the whole, we see him in the hospital in Jaws, and he's like. He's like muttering to himself, like <laughs> signing papers without looking at him. Yeah. He's like a shell of a man. His yeah, perfect, for, perfect for a mayor. It's weird that he got given, elected. Given that all that, yeah, I was going to say, given that all that carnage that he enabled, yeah. like the yeah. fact that the city of Amity was just like, all right, let's do this again. Let's re up on this guy. It is there's kind something, of stunning. There's I mean, such there's a something cynical, surprising such a dark to me about the. To it, yeah. About the fact that he even reran, like that he like that he even so- like seeked out office again, like yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but he was probably like, "Hey, 
only seven shark deaths, you know, yeah, I can get yeah, over yeah. this. I can get over this by next election. Cycle. Is that how many people die? Is it seven? Uh, it just seems like seven, doesn't it? it I just seven. feel like the... I'm, I am I. would probably be surprised by the re-election dynamic. Does Ben Gardner count as one of the deaths? Are we well, sure the oh, shark... Well, we should, get, we should probably yeah. get into that in a little bit, but I mean, because <laughs> that, that link I sent you guys... Yeah. Bombshell, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But Ooh. as far as my relationship to Jaws, I think it was just, like I said, one of those movies that was on mm. um, Saturday night, uh, Sunday night, um, movie night. And um, Do you, it was like, I will say this, though. So what mm-hmm. I was, the one thing I was going to add during my, my preface to all this was <laughs> there's three other films that we had memorized. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. I was Jaws, just going to. Jaws 2. Mm. Also awesome. Yeah. Then the movie V and the movie V the Revenge. The oh, movie yeah. V. V yeah. V is a I don't dungeon. know it. What is, is V? It's a space dude, it is a fucking it, it ended up turning getting turned into a series too, but the original V, it's like these aliens come down and this big saucer and they look like humans. Oh. And they ingrati- and they ingratiate themselves. It's to very the like alien nation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. it ends up they can pull their skin off and they're fucking lizard people and they're just Wait, wearing was- human masks. They're wearing human mm. suits. Mm. It was like a yeah. it was like a TV miniseries. It it became a TV miniseries, but uh, first there was a movie and then whoa, they had a sequel shit. to that movie called Jack v the Revenge. So yeah, but I was going to and if we got into the chub talk, man, Diana was the the lead villain in <laughs> V, me. and that, she had this blown out hair and this crazy eighties makeup. And I'm looking at a picture about of her. Youthful chubs, yeah. youthful wow. chubs. <laughs> yeah. Well, we because we we meant to have like I have my notes about like future dungeon episodes that we were planning on doing, and there was one episode idea that we had at some point that's just called <laughs> called Dark Crush. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and, and which totally, we knew it was going to be. Yeah, chub, a total chub it's, talk. It's definitely episode. chub talk. Yeah, Pure. so dark crush is you dark dark chub. Dark crush is just <laughs> dark like a, a kind way of saying <laughs> it's just it's just a, way, a kind way of saying youthful chub. Basically, yeah. It's like, also another way of talking about the destroyer. You know. Yes. Like, yeah. It, yeah. The destroyer is a subcategory of dark crush. It, like yeah. from <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> No, yeah. now you have to explain what the destroyer. Oh God, have you seen the? Did I feel like you saw? I the can't movie believe you destroyer haven't shown with me. Jay, where did we see that together? Starring Nicole Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. It's like a bank robbery movie. movie. Um, oh, maybe, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe that's possible. But I, anyway, I, she, I, I think she I, gives I, a really sad hand job to a guy <laughs> who's laid up in bed. And we've taken to calling a, that hand job a destroyer, and extrapolating that into many other facets, many of other life applications. Yeah, here on the many pod. other lived experiences of guests and being destroyed. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Self Jaws has always really fucked me up. Like, I, I, the one thing I do want to say, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, Seth L. But yeah, like, of all these movies, though. Jaws actually really hold, I think Jaws is still an amazing movie. Oh yeah, it no, it, I think it's the best. Oh, it has hardcore. To, it has to be like crazy. amazingly. Like I really do think it's the best movie like ever. <laughs> so you got well, you're, so, you're a Moby Dick guy. Yeah, no, it, it's Seth. You have an, an this is annual, right? It's a, it's multi multi annual experience. Well, I watch it a lot, 
but yeah. um, we do have my sister and I have a ritual of watching it on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's do you throw off. chum in the bathtub? Uh, yeah, yeah. Molly, dri- all Molly drives the, the all Molly the drives the boat, and I, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm stuck on the chum line. Yeah. So when you see like when and Josh too, like when you when you like maybe Eric, did you like were you obsessed with Jaws too? Like where or like repeat watching? Uh, that came that came later. I think I you know I like Jaws, but it's one of those things that I like because I can keep it all in my head. Like, you know, it's such a streamlined narrative in some ways. Uh, yeah. Like, I I forget the joy of watching Jaws until I'm watching it, you know? Oh, sorry. Is well, it a little too simple for you? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is the, Welcome to the Hill That I'll Die On with Seth. <laughs> no, I, this, is not a, this is not a critique. It's more just like I... You know, it's like one of those things that you do that when you're doing it, you're like, oh, why don't I do like this is great, you know, but Mm. like I don't like I don't think a lot about like I I don't have a lot of hankering for Jaws like I know Mm. people do like that's going to be like that's going to be like uh, (laughs) Empire Strikes Back for me or something like a deep hankering, you know, Uh Um. Or or like a recent hankering will be Suspiria, but you know, it's a whole other thing. I, you know, I didn't realize how much I hankered for those Quint monologues. Yeah, yeah like, you Quint's, really were Quint's having a moment good. with those things. Well, so, yeah. I, I remember. So we, like I said, we had all the dialogue memorized, and but yeah. I remember specifically being really attracted to those Quint monologues, especially yeah. the one in the town hall. I mean, the one later on about the sharks, the Indianapolis. And the, and the, the Indianapolis is amazing mm-hmm. for so many different reasons, but that initial town hall monologue is just like fucking gold. Like yeah. he is mm-hmm. so like confident and so over the top and yeah. it's not even confidence. He, it's, it's like, he doesn't even give a shit Ooh, about yeah. Yeah, what's yeah. going on in the city. He's just uh, like, he's just interested in like, doing this thing that he wants to do and it's catching the shark for ten thousand yeah. dollars. I mean like what's so it's yeah. no, well you just made me think I'll about find like, him for three thousand. It's and you're adding the, you're adding him. these like I'll you're adding these 10. amazing characters. He's just a, you're adding these amazing characters bit by bit. Like it's a it's a while before Dreyfus is even on yeah. the screen and he's incredible I forgot I mean he's just incredible too. And it's like yep. I thought about what you were just saying. It's almost like I mean it's like throwing the chum in the in the into the oh movie my God. like the it's That's like scary. actors getting kind of thrown into the it's like these amazing bits getting thrown in like you know and and then you're like holy shit now he's now he's in with everybody and it just like kind of escalates and well and it builds attracts. up to this like it builds up to this like everyone's there like there's this fourth of july on the beach thing like yeah. everyone's there yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then and th- then it really quickly it's pared down to just the three of them yeah like yeah um and i, re- I really yeah. think it's quint's story too i think that movie is about that's quint's story you know yeah. i was the just ahab like, thing like i mean but different yeah but not, i always think not. chief brody was like not like it was chief brody's story as a kid that's what i always thought but watching it as an adult i'm like this is quint's story Yes. I mean, all three of them have sort of interesting, like, arcs in a way. Like, um, I guess Dreyfus, the the least, maybe. He's just, like, obsessed with sharks, I guess. He's but, kind like, of the queequay of the bunch. 
Ooh. <laughs> but like, yeah, but Brody and Quint are both like going through shit, kind of. Like Brody is going through like this like, I don't know, shame maybe or like, hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, dealing with his own like moral failings. And Quint well, he said, is like dealing like, with like well, trauma. Well, she's right after he gets yeah. confronted by the kid's mom, you know, and well, and it's not. I mean, I don't, I don't blame yeah. him, but like, you definitely are like, well, yeah, like there are different choices, not that he necessarily could have made, but like, this is a, this is a failure of public governance right. in several ways. No, like mm. people are pressured into doing the wrong thing and yeah. they like, they have reasons for doing the wrong thing, but mm. mm-hmm. they're pressured nonetheless. Yeah. And this probably yeah. happens a lot. I mean, I know that we've mentioned this before, but. It seems like, you know, especially because it's a movie that you repeated so many times, you know, and, and now coming back to it, do you, yeah, like uh, I was, do you identify with different characters? Like when you were younger, were you more of a Hooper guy, you know, and then. Did this shape your ideas thing. of local governance? It seems like that's what's amazing. Well, about, it's like, interesting. Like, <laughs> yes, Josh, it's yeah, you were, you were a big. You, so you were just like totally taken in by Quint when you were a kid? Yeah, as a kid, I just looked up to him. Like he was like a yeah. role model to me. Like I like yeah. I was like I want that. Like I said in that text, I, was like, I want that guy to be. I want that dude to be my dad, and I also want to grow up to be that guy. Like he was yeah. just like a badass. He he's like he he always had this devil may care attitude. Everyone was scared of the shark, and he's just like, let's go fucking kill it, man. Let's do He's this. scared Maybe though 10 too. Grand <laughs> it's it's one of the like terrifying things about the movie is like when you start seeing Quint become afraid. Like I, yeah. I want to ask you all about mm. that. So like when he's putting the boat in overdrive and burns yeah. out the engine, is that because he's scared or that he's obsessed? Just in, oh, in, it's oh, like I've always like, I always read it as a version of like it's like kind of reckless fear. Yeah, yeah, and that's but my that's my like. That's the last mile of, you know, of the long trip. You know, it's just like try, you can't, it's like the singularity, you know, you're, it's the faster you want to get yeah. you, the, the, it feels farther away, the closer you're getting to the end of this Oof. insane trip. Oof. See, and, for me, I thought it was like a death drive. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah that's that too. I mean, I think it's well, just it's like, interesting to like, think about the ways those might be the same thing. Like, um, yeah, it's like, I, I like how you put it, Seth. It's like, it's like approaching the end of something like mm-hmm. one way or another, you know, you're just yeah. like, you're going to burn it, burn them now, you know, and just like, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, a, like, like a space new- movie or something, you know, what, what was the, it's like the Martian or whatever, like, you know, you're getting down to these last percentages. They're just like, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're, and, uh, but you just kind of just let her fucking rip and, and hope for the best. But, but nature, I feel like nature kind of knows it. Quint knows that boat so well that orc the orca he's like Dork. been on that his life it's a it's mm-hmm. a worn boat he knows what it can do he knows what it can't do and Hooper even says Hooper even sees it and Hooper doesn't know that boat at all and he's like you're yeah, gonna blow gonna the motor it. and he knows it yeah. like to me I always read that as like he saw the end in sight he's gonna bring this fish in and that story yeah. ends and, and he I, just yeah. took the story to end. And he and said, if he gets like, close enough, it's going to drown it. Before. Yeah. So he's trying yeah. to drown it out. Or was he trying, I mean, on the way in to drown he it? Well, that's says, what he was saying. But I yeah. think he blows up engine out because it's he's just like, a when, the, it's when, just a, when, the, when he when he's, gets the shark in, his story is over. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, 
I might as well go out and bang and let the shark do its thing, you know? Do you think it's like survivor's guilt from the USS Indianapolis? Like, because he seems to, like, mm. feel like it's not just that he's mad at the sharks. It's like he feels like some version of, like, why me and why not all these well, other people? what does he say know? at the end of the monologue? Isn't He says, like... um I'll never put on a life preserver again. Yeah, yeah. So, so the it's like, what does that mean exactly? Does that mean like live free or do, die? Do you take that to mean like survivor's <laughs> guilt? Or is that like- you think he's MAGA? I, well, <laughs> well, we can get into that. Yeah. But like, I dude is, I, his dude is MAGA. Um, <laughs> no, I was like, let's sort him it, right now. Is it is that survivor's <laughs> guilt or is that just like, man, if this happens again, just fucking let me drown? <laughs> like, I think it's well. Sort have of you guys like, seen? Go ahead. Oh, have you, I was gonna say, have you guys seen Deep uh, Deep Water or Deep? Oh, yeah, I yeah, watched it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like the lady takes the jacket off and just goes down and drowns herself, so she doesn't get eaten. I thought that. Yeah. I always thought that's yeah. what he meant. Like. He's yeah, like, no, that I'm makes just sense. gonna fucking go down and drown myself, you know. I'm not gonna let these fuckers eat me. Yeah, yeah. You, you might let be the right. sharks win if they eat you. Yeah, no. Well, like, yeah, that's Dude, the thing I've always been sort of obsessed with is that like it feels like for him, he's like his whole life is about like ki- like trying to kill a shark that can't be killed, kind of, or like yeah, like like he's been living Jaws like since way before Jaws begins. Yeah, yeah. Mm. he's been living yeah. the deep prequels for for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, a Jaws how, how, prequel. How, as a as a Moby Dick nerd, how uh, Seth? How 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 closely does this overlay to Moby Dick? Every time I watch it, it's like new shit comes up that feels like it's related. Like it, it just it. feels like it's it's paying a lot of attention to Moby Dick or like to references to Moby Dick. Like I was just thinking this time about um, one of the scenes where they're like showing shots of like the town. There's like a storefront that says Tashtego is like the name of a store. Like I, yeah. There's just like so many parts of the movie are just like referencing. Um, Mm-hmm. Moby Dick, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's like as simple as just like about like being about obsession or something. I think it's like it's about Moby. It's referencing Moby Dick's like breadth almost in a way, like that it's like a story about everything. Maybe I don't know. That it's all sense. over the place. Well, I do want to ask you guys a question. Like, I mean. After seeing that link, do you think Quint killed Ben Gardner? I mean, God, it's like, it's wild to think about, like, bumping off his competition, kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, the body was still there, and it's like, he was missing an an eyeball. I know. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a shit. Like, Jaws couldn't just pick out Ben Gardner's eyeball. That seems fishy. The thing is... Okay, so that part of the movie, the one thing I know about that part of the movie is that they added it, Spielberg added it after he was done making the movie. He felt like the movie needed one more scare. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. read the story before. He was like, I need one more, like, one more scare early in the movie. And so he added it. And it's like, when when they tested it with audiences, they kept it in because it's like, it got the biggest, like, scream of any it's actually in some ways the scariest moment of the movie or like 
uh, it's like the best like horror movie moment of the movie because it's like something jumping out at you and like uh, it's a little bit like shocking or whatever. But he said he always regretted it because once you've had that scream, like then when you see the shark for the first time, it's like it doesn't hit as hard because you've already been like startled in this way. Um, so, but I don't know, like the fact that he added it later makes me feel like, uh, there might not be that much like intentionality around like, like what's going on with Ben Gardner's eye or whatever. (laughs) That is a plot though. I like thinking about like Jaws just being like, yeah, like really like kind of daintily. It's personal. The other thing I was thinking about Jaws though, like how comical the attacks look because it's like, doesn't line up with shark movement. And, but the one shark attack that actually looks real and actually looks vicious is when he, or he, when Jaws <laughs> eats the kid on the raft. Oh my and God. And he rolls over. And, and yeah. I was like, that looks real. But like that opening scene where yeah. like, um, the, the, uh, Chrissy like the girl, Watkins. she's swimming. She's like getting dragged around there. It's like, it's it's hysterical how like unrealistic it is. Oh, it's yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But like the yeah, you're right. The the what is the kid's name? Alex Kintner. Like when Kintner dies on oh. the raft, it's it's fucking brutal. It's like that that explosion of blood coming up from that raft is like mm. so fucking brutal. And I can't believe that, they kicked up. Was it Pippin? It was Pippin the dog? Yeah, man? yeah, Pippin the dog. <laughs> They did. They did fucking Pippin dirty, man. They did Pippin <laughs> dirty. I can't believe fucking Pippin got waxed. Well, <laughs> so unnecessary. There's like Kittner a- dies may- like right maybe after. Maybe that dog. Maybe that dog is still out there, man. Yeah, Hadlin. I mean, do you, we ever see a body on that dog? <laughs> did you ever think about that? Yeah, take Good it point. under consideration, dude. Um, what were you going to say? Just about? might not have liked its owner. Oh, I was thinking about the guy who like pushes little kids off rafts to like <laughs> run away from the shark. Like how do you know who I'm talking about? There's a dude that like yeah. when, oh. when, Alec, oh, when yeah. Alex is getting eaten, like and everybody's rushing to the thing. There's like uh, a dude that's like not even just like not helping the kids in a force majeure kind of way, but like yeah. actually he knocks actively, over like, a whole raft. He knocks over like a raft in like st- like it's definitely like Titanic style like um, which I want to talk about three barrels versus uh, the holes like there there's a sense of like quantifying whether or not you've won or irrevocably lost a situation in both mm. Titanic and Jaws and they're about like how many barrels can this can this shark take down without oh like, like the know. third barrel versus the fifth hull yeah that's what i'm thinking you know wow. like there's some sort of echo in the there's some kind of gravity wave shooting out to to the titanic from- it is funny how like movies create like story forget movies stories create their own sort of like logic that you end up feeling like very protective of it's like when quint mm-hmm. starts saying like 
oh, he can't possibly go down with a third barrel on him. Yeah. You're, and then he goes down with the third barrel. You're like, oh my God, a third yeah, barrel. You totally believe this logic. That, yeah. Like, it's like, it's like a, it's like an information implant in your brain rather yeah. than logic. Like you don't know. Why you're like, uh, excuse me, I'm a barrel expert and yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it's possible for this shark to submerge with a third barrel. Like, uh, yeah. Or yeah. like it just as easily could have been like the 10th hull in the second barrel, you know, like the, mm-hmm. but the, the, the arbitrariness of the numbers, but the certainty with which the numbers are presented is Great a dungeon, point. you know, yeah. um, it's some kind of narrative dungeon, I think. Yeah. It's like us trying to understand something or exert a certain kind of control over the world around yeah. us. Yeah. It's quantifying Seth, the unquantified. Can I just do like a really quick, like tangent here? Please. I just noticed oh you have like an insanely professional microphone. Oh, well, it's not that insanely professional. It's kind of a cheap piece of crap, to be honest. Well, it's it, it looks professional in the sound quality yeah. of your voice. Is like it sounds like you oh. should be on a real like radio show. Oh, oh well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm addicted to the 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 smooth silky sounds of Seth Blamman. Yeah, early on in the pandemic when I start decided I was going to be like a a podcast hobbyist, I was like, oh, I should buy like this $60 Samson microphone. It uh, sounds and looks great. Yeah, no, it's I'm good. a fan. I have yeah, I'm big, This is I'm my like this is my like travel travel mic stand that I bring with me when I'm like not in my apartment. Um so, yeah. Every, everywhere that's outside of your apartment, you bring with you. And Pretty case, much. Like, Just always have it. You know, have it. In case a you know, podcast the, needs to be recorded. <laughs> one of the, one of the, I just, I was thinking about this um, earlier, but one of the things that we always really liked as kids with Jaws mm. is like at the town hall meeting, the, um, <laughs> the, 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 the older Jewish lady, she's got black hair. It's cut really short. And when yeah. they, and when the one guy's like, is that cash or check? And that you hear in the background, you know, that's not funny. That's not funny at all. And then the yeah. next scene, uh, it's Hooper and uh, Brody walking down a, a pier, and Hooper says something, uh, or no, the uh, his his second in command says something to him when he comes oh, yeah. up to him and Hooper, and Brody goes, "That's not funny. That's not funny at all." And we always like that resonance oh, between. Wow, like, that's a great point. Because when the lady says it, it's just in the background. It's not main yep. dialogue. You just yeah. hear it kind of off screen. It's kind of like uh, toned down. It's turned down in volume relative to the rest of the chatter. Yeah, but you can just hear it kind of in the, in the crowd noise. No, and that's like he, a he, trick. He says the he says the exact same thing in the next scene, but it's like that's beautiful. It's I feel like that's it gets passed on. That's right? a trick movies do, where they like you like these things keep like wrapping around themselves or like circling back and you don't, but it's like, it's almost like below the level of your even knowing it's happening, but it, it like mm-hmm. has some sort of effect on you. It's very like literary, you know, it's very yeah. like a short story kind of thing where you're, it's like, they don't know exactly. It's not like everyone acknowledges that, you know, in the, mm. it's, it's just for the back of your brain a little bit. Um, and the other question I always had as a kid, what were those, were those crackers Quint's always eating? You know, he's always like gnawing on something. Like I love that you're bringing like, this up. I was wondering that same thing this time. I was like, what the fuck is he eating all the time? Like, it's like, like, Ritz. are they shortbreads? 
I always thought there was some sort of cracker, but they they seem a little bit crisper than Ritz. Like Ritz seemed like they'd be too crumbly and soft. Do you think he's These just like, like gr- grabbing bits of rotten fish out of the chum bucket? Like, what, what's kinda... the most New England shit he could be eating? You know, like because this is a bit. I <laughs> he's eating like, like um what the like fucking communion wafers or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So, he's eating the, the body. Yeah, he's he, uh, TBC. Um, hmm. And we'd always do that. We, we'd always recite that, like get the car in the yard or whatever. You know that oh, line. Yeah. We'd always yeah. recite. That was another one we'd recite. And then, like the other one, like I told you guys in the text, was like when, like we'd give each other massages as siblings. We'd like rub each other's shoulders, and like whenever we do that. We'd like get behind one of our siblings and just start rubbing the shoulders and be like, Chief Brody, you're tense. <laughs> that is so oh, dunge. Dude. That is so dunge. I love it. That's like oh, dungeon man. glory. That's like <laughs> so the, the dungeon is lit up with the beauty of that. Wait, Josh, how many siblings do you have? You have five siblings? I have, I have uh, three brothers and two sisters. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, so there's like, we re- just remembering those moments, like, you know, it's like, I kind of forgotten about it. It's in a while since I watched Jaws, but then like, you know, when that scene came on, I was like, oh yeah, man, I always used to rub my sibling's shoulders and say that to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so happy amazing. that like, we have that on the record. You know? That's like the scene... <laughs> That's the scene where she startles him. Like, is is that the same scene? Like, she like no, it's a scene him. right. It's right before Kit Kintner gets eaten. They're on the beach, and he's just sitting in a, uh, in oh, a beach that's chair. Right. It's on the beach, and he's yeah, looking out on the, the, the out on the like the the, the the horizon line in the ocean, and she that's comes right. up behind him and starts giving him a massage. It's like Chief Brody. Oh man, and then there's that shot of like that crazy zoom of his face, yeah. like where the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's a Maya Daring kind of shot, like the coming down the pipe in Meshes of the Afternoon. What other Maya Daring overlaps are you finding in Jaws? Well, she has a a short film called At Land where she runs on the beach and there's Mm -hmm. some... There's some kind of multi-landscape... Did she get mauled by a a shark at any point? She, I think she ends up dying somehow. It's the danger of the sea, or the sort of boundlessness of the sea that you feel there too. I feel like there's much more overlap than one would one would think. There always is. That's one of the premises of this podcast. I mean, there's hey, so- quick question for you guys: what, Who do you think drew that drawing? That chalk drawing on the chalkboard that when Quint's like bringing his nails down. That's my like, favorite question. I was thinking about that too. Like, is that It's Quint like the best that? drawing of a cartoon shark. Like, like, who's even, who has access to that? Like, I would think it would be like kids or whatever, or like, but it seems well, like really. Is it a classroom? Is it like, is it like, um, one no, way of reading it? So it is town hall. It's not so like it's a, city hall. Why is right? there a chalkboard? <laughs> well, it's a different time, different era. You know, it's the seventies. <laughs> Everything was worked out on chalkboards. It's a different time. <laughs> if it was now, it would be a whiteboard in town hall. And you know what? Another hole, another hole in that story is. Um, 
You know, and the first thing Quint says to that crowd is like, y'all know me. You know, like he's like a local. Uh, you know what I do but for then, a living. Yeah, you know what I do for them. But then later in the movie, when Brody's going out to sea and Lorraine Gray's character is seeing him off, she looks over in the boat. She's like, oh, that must be Quint. Like, if he's such a local legend, how come she doesn't? How come she doesn't know who he is? Like, well, but you know? but so when he says, "Y'all know me," that does not include. It's because they're the not islanders. <laughs> it's, no, it's because they're not islanders. No, she is. She's an islander. No, she isn't. Brody's I thought not. neither of them are. She's no, from I there. Would, I, I think that's why they are there. No, because isn't she, was she going having? Home. We're getting way in the weeds here, but isn't <laughs> I, on the beach at one point? Isn't she having a conversation with that woman from the town hall meeting? Actually, and she's he's like, "He's like, you'll never be. If you'll you're never not, be an right, islander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he'll never I, be an islander. I no, think she's saying it to her. I yeah, I think it's to her too. But I like, think you I just th- love Lorraine Gray so much, you want to like make her an islander. Yeah, I, I also chub. think she, youthful chub right there. She's just able to. She's able to connect more with people, I think. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, obviously, because of her role or whatever. But like, I don't. Know. The other thing that I was thinking of is like, people still like to hang out on the beach, even if you can't swim. You know, like yeah. So it's like, True. I don't know. Like, I, that's kind of like me. I'm kind of like that. You just like to work on your base tan. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Wait, Bass, were you gonna did you wanna try to hand it to the mayor? <laughs> I feel like I mean, you were gonna there there were a lot of people to hand it to here. Um but you have to do your thing where you hand it to someone terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of really good um sort of te- you know who I'm handing it to is uh, Ursa in Superman 2. Mm. Like, Bonner Town, USA. Uh, seriously. Yeah, yeah. If we're going to talk about uh, dark crushes, jobs. I definitely, <laughs> a certain kind of, uh, a certain kind of portal opened up in <laughs> my, in my uh, sexual Pants. youth. When I, <laughs> yeah, sorry. opened up into my parachute pants and, you know why? Uh, you know I, I realized why I, I, one of the reasons I found her so sexy is because those pants she had did have that slit down the side. And there's that one point where like she's sitting on a desk yeah. and her legs up like this. And you can see like the slit. Are you talking about Ursa? You, yeah, Ursa. And you got to see a sliver of her thigh through her black Are you pants, talking about Ursa or like, that character from David Cronenberg's Crash? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. No, I like. I'm talking about Eartha. Yeah. Eartha. I kind of like liked. Um, I think I just liked Terrence Stamp. Like he's so, so funny. Like I know it's. I ridiculous. love these. Like they are such the highlights of the like. Like Superman Two is about them being in the in the floating like thing, and then expl- it's about all their cool shit. And saying, what is like, that thing, by the Houston. way? Um. I mean, I think it's 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 your standard like eternal uh, tomb in space made of like <laughs> you know like two dimensional two dimensional space tomb. I mean, sorry, I'm I'm an idiot. I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how, how but far I, you want me to back up in terms of the physics here, but <laughs> like, but you know what I do think is hysterical when they're in the Temple of Solitude 
and yeah. and Superman's mom is relating the only possible way that they could get out of that yeah. trap was to be if a nuclear explosion in space exploded right one. near it and blew it up and freed them. And of course, yeah. that happens. She's like, well, <laughs> there is the one way. There's <laughs> like, one if, caveat. If There's by, one escape by chance. plan. A nuclear oh, weapon. A giant nuclear weapon explodes in the near vicinity of this mirror. They will be can, free. Can we talk about Marlon Brando too? Because like, mm, mm, is that mm. like, is that his call as a dad? Like you can't have both or is that? I like, want, I was wondering about this too. Cause the way. Why that, is it like, always like this with love? It it seems like it's more just like parental disapproval of something like in that it's like it's like fishing for some kind of like you know cultural like thing. I don't know. What it seems comes like- what comes for Superman or or Tolkien? Like when were the Superman comics? Uh, Wait, what the know, fuck probably, are you guys talking about? Was Brando 50s? the dad in the first one? <laughs> Yeah, dude, Jor-El, man, dude, he's in uh, like in the Donner cut. He's in like a half an hour of this shit. He's like really? a main character. Yeah, he's like he comes out of the thing at the like he does all kinds of shit in this. Well, wait, like, but Bus, the question you're asking is about like if he's gonna be with Lois Lane, he has to give up uh, his, his powers, super, right? His superpowers, like is that? So just to me, that was like the code? same thing as like if Aragorn is gonna. If like yeah, what's yeah, her yeah. name, Arwen is gonna marry Aragorn, totally. and she has to give up her immortality. Or but it's it, you guys it's are un- thinking this is all wrong, man. You, are okay, you kidding explain me? Explain it. Talk it. Talk it's, me through it. It doesn't. T- Superman banging Lois Lane, he would smash her. To, literally, her <laughs> vagina would break open. His penis would go through her into the the stuffing of the bed. Oh my you, god! I mean, this it's basic superhero <laughs> physics. This would just turn into Hellraiser, right? You think think the problem that Marlon Brando is explaining to him (laughs) is about him just like destroying this person? The danger danger of his The danger of smashing that hole to pieces, man. That's just basic superhero physics. You can't have a dude with superpower thrusting. Because you can't control your thrusts when you're like in full like – orgasm you know it's like, like you're just do. thrusting away he would just it's it's the same thing as like the twilight remember um robert pattison can't bang um i never watched Twilight, but i'll take the dame who's this. the dame in there kristen, kristen stewart? stewart he can't have sex with kristen stewart well she's a human because he'll destroy her sexually in bed because of his superpowers and it's the same fucking thing with superman he can't are you sure that's the reason in twilight or is that you just no i think it's no that's 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 actually in twilight that's a that's a that's in twilight okay 100 percent. yeah that that's can sadly watched all those movies during covid (laughs) and within one week i watched the entire series in a week this is giving me a lot to think about i huh I mean, you- I remember like jokes as a kid, like about like Superman <laughs> fucking people, like with like super speed or whatever, and like yeah, yeah. So, but like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it seems like you're 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 taking that logic and you're you're applying it as a primary lens. Um, so, dude, if Zod just goes like this, <sighs> yeah, no, and you're the not whole wrong. Blows over, like you're right. What would a th- one Superman thrust do? 
what would one Superman thrust do to a pelvis? Yeah, I mean that it's is the that is the central question. <laughs> I, I, you know, that is a central question of Superman too. <laughs> does Does Superman get his ass kicked in a diner in the version you saw? Yes, I mean, is that okay. when he gets? That, is that the yeah yeah? But the you know, dude that in the red flannel. Yeah, in Superman three, he Superman gets drunk in a bar and fucking destroys shit. When he's wasted. Superman three, like, is one that we have to watch because, like, that's one that I remember (laughs) seeing in the theater and just being like, "What the fuck is happening, man?" I never saw any of these. I watched one and two this week and was delighted, even as I thought they were like two of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Three has Richard Pryor in it, and they like what they like sort of clone him with like one of the ingredients that they add is like tar from his cigarettes, so he comes out like. It's kind of like third version of multiplicity, like evil. It's a really, it's a must see, you know. For and Office way, Space is based off of that. <laughs> the plot of Office Space is based off of Superman Three. Is that true? I yeah. think it. I mean, the skimming stuff, like yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. They even re- they even reference Superman Three in Office Space. Hmm. Like Peter Gallagher or Peter, what's his name? Peter something. Who's yeah, the guy? Yeah, what is what is that guy's name? The main guy in Office Space. Yeah, I know yeah. He he's like they tell him they tell him that there's their scam, and he's like, oh yeah, just like Superman three, and then the oh. three nerds look at him and they're like, huh? Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. We discussed him when we discussed Swingers. That actually is he in Swingers as well? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Do we, should we say something about? Should we just shout out the fact that Seth Parker had to leave us like twenty minutes ago? And yeah, he returned? he'll probably be coming back though. Shouts to shouts. He's to doing the things he needs Parker. to do. I mean, it's all yeah, it's all good. He's um, I'm sure there's some sort of poltergeist esque situation that he's calmly yeah. dealing with. I or feel like I'm a bad replacement for him. No, no. <laughs> No. You guys We're are on all... point. You guys are on point with this stuff. I like. So I can't even think of the word for remote. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that you, we've never. I, I've never like. Dis- we. I don't think we've ever quite like discussed the physics of thrusting to this degree. So you. You really. <laughs> I mean, I feel what? like ever since I left, like the world of language, I, my 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 language skills have <laughs> atrophied, and like I can't remember basic words anymore you've it's, become it's a, a great, sad state of affair it's the way to become the greatest poet of all <laughs> just, just let it all go we're gonna announce tonight on the dungeon greatest poet of all joshua Ware. <laughs> he had to leave language behind and confront his child it's like almost not even fair to leave language behind it's like a it's yeah. like yeah yeah but it's really embarrassing when you can't think of simple words well, and I'm like yeah. trying to like show you guys with my hand what I'm meaning, like you know the thing. Well, <laughs> the I was stunned into thing. silence by the the most Cleveland remote that I've ever heard of, like that's like attached on a fucking string. <laughs> like that is the biggest bummer. You're blaming that remote on Ohio. I I think I can. I you know I think I'm blaming it on. Like it's definitely whatever in some broad way that I can't quite trace. No, it's that was the a fault thing. of the Midwest. It, like, I feel like Fort Wayne yeah. probably had those same things, man. Yeah, Fort on, Wayne man. for sure had like uh, Fort Wayne's it, whole infrastructure was built on wired remotes. <laughs> it really was. It, 
It really was. Uh, I um, I do remember we had this video player, like VHS player that uh, like my it was like a camcorder, and my but it was like some sort of like backpack situation my dad had to carry around. Like <laughs> you like carry the VCR basically. Oh, uh, JVC. Maybe, maybe. What do yeah. you know what JVC, JVC stood for? No. Do you? Neither do I. I'm just Josh. I'm asking if you know. No, JVC. <laughs> no, it was like the, the, you know those things. You no, know, I remember like the company, yeah. Jean Van Claude. <laughs> Jean Van Claude. What do you call it? What do you call it when letters stand for something? An acronym? Acronym? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Googling JVC acronym. What the thing Jap- I really Jap- wondered. It stands for Japan Victor Company. Huh. Oh. So, what I really wanted to do was source or find out the name of the the VHS, the uh, VCR VHS player. Oh, to get mm-hmm. the one that had. you had as a kid, man. I I'm yeah. sure, like you know, the way you described like the mechanism of the top loading, like there's so much shit that can mechanically go wrong. Like I bet you don't even see those in thrift stores because like they just like self-destructed after like they top loaded uses. themselves right out of existence they did Fucking I, I. Speaking I remember, of which, were you guys vhs or betamax guys VHS. so vhs did but anyone like, have my, a betamax my dad's friend who's like also an elementary school teacher this guy walt who uh was like <laughs> i don't know why that's course, funny I'm a family sorry. friend like walt walt was like this like third grade teacher who's like my dad's like fishing buddy and he was like more of a hunter than my dad and so he always was like skinning a deer in his garage or whatever and uh like i remember we went over and we saw uh he was he talked up beta and just like i just remember being in my dad's friend's house and just like having him be like beta is the fucking best and then like thinking ever since about like how bummed out Walt would be like when you couldn't get betas like two years after that, you know, but like there was some, there was some movie that we watched that was like a guy rolling a tank through a a suburban town. I forget what it's called. Maybe it was called tank, but it had like maybe the actor that was in the Rockford files on it or something. Um, James Garner. I think it's James Garner in a tank. Like, taken back America's freedom somehow. I don't, you know, we've don't, discussed doing James Garner a week on this podcast. I mean, we could watch that. We have to watch it in beta, though. Like, The damnedest you know, thing is beta didn't catch on. I mean, it Holy was smaller. Shit. James Garner was in a movie called Tank. Yeah, yeah. So I remember, like, we should watch that just because I saw, like, a little bit of that. Because, And I think about that being, like, watching a little bit of that movie getting this sort of whole spiel about the the superiority of beta and then like a deer bleeding out in the garage a couple feet away are are all kind of inextricably linked here i think we got the grief mop back no he i think he signed off oh no he's no he's coming back he's i think he's in transition he's bringing the thunder into the dungeon but don't you think it is kind of queer that like in this day and age where we're always like gravitating towards smaller technology that back in the day, smaller te- technology was actually somehow seen as like a detriment. Yeah. Like the well, Betamax I th- I was think- noticeably smaller than the VHS, but it was like, 
You know, I, I think that's bigger is better America days. Like I think that's suspicious true. about this this the slightness of a beta man. I think I think that is true. And I'm sure that there were like marketing meetings about like like fuck it, make this thing look like a Cadillac that you build your whole house <laughs> around, you know? Like I'm sure there was some dude that was like that, you know? And someone was like, Well, actually, beta is more effective, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, Shut up, college boy. You know, I bet somebody got <laughs> dude, there's some excellent college boy shit in Jaws, too. Yeah. Like I gotta say. <laughs> Proves one thing. Proves you college boys don't know when to admit you're wrong. So this is a small thing, but I've wanted to bring it up is like the the when Richard Dreyfus is angry for basically being called college boy and and for being wrong, like he does a cu- couple of gestures. He does like an obscene arm gesture and then he does this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like he gives him a tongue out, like with the mouth out, like, and he does that in what seems at least momentarily to be sincere anger. And I was thinking like, is that something that like generationally people did when they were like really angry at some point? Or is that just because that's such a weird cartoon move? I guess I would quibble that it's sincere anger. He's like, he's very frustrated, but he's like. He sees the truth in it or something. He's being it's a hard silly truth. a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he's transitioning between sincere anger and. Well, wait, over no, because the scene where he does that is like it's with the mayor. It's like um, he makes that. No, he does that in the mayor. boat. He does it in the boat. He does it yeah. like after after really? Quinn is like that's a fucking shark, my dude. He's like when he's like we're getting it. Oh, you know? and, I and remember. Then, so he's wrong about like whether or not. Yeah, it's, no, you're right. Um, so it's a no, little he, bit more, it's like wounded pride more than. Yeah. Rage, yeah. It's like he know? respects Quint in a way. Yeah. In a way. He doesn't but also ha- in a way Quint respects Hooper. True. He, he does. Hooper drives yeah. the boat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also like, do you think that Quint is like sort of metaphysically cursed from the outset of this? Like, do you think that oh, yeah. his fate was to die by shark? Oh, know? I think he's like looking. He, he, it, it that's ha- he like is seeking that out it's like um he has to die by shark it's like yeah it's almost like his life is about putting himself into position to die by shark that seems really dungeon and also really true like uh, like is that do you think that that's what people think when they watch the movie or do you think that that's like a different level of interpretation because i definitely mm. like that feels so true it's almost like you know how no country for old men like the moment that he picks up the money and the gun like he's doomed a whole bunch of people you know it's like yeah well you know what i think there's there's something with with regard to that i think there is like something telling there is that he gets his uss indianapolis tattoo removed Mm. so right good point when brody's like what's that on your arm he's like oh that's an old tattoo i got it taken off and then he tells a story it's like he tells the story of the USS Indianapolis, but on some, it's like those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it type yeah. thing where it's like, yeah. he's like trying to erase the past. And even though he retells the story in the movie, like as a marker, a symbol that he carries on his body, he's trying to like erase that story and erase that memory. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like you, you could get out of it just by, by being like, Oh yeah, that's nothing. Right. Like you don't have to tell the story, but so he he's compelled to tell it in some way. There's something in him that wants to tell it, but it's true that he is. He's telling, I mean, 
He's telling it for the guy's sake, but for his right. sake, he doesn't want to live with the memory. He's like, he doesn't right, want to look at it. Every, right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not. Yeah. That's whereas he's like so excited about how his arm, to, like the, <laughs> the like arm wrestling accident from yeah. celebrating his third wife's demise. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, we haven't mentioned Herbie really Robinson. Good. We have not mentioned Herbie Robinson, <laughs> ball, ball player, bosun's mate. And Clevelander. And Clevelander, yeah. Yeah. Important. I love the way I he mean, says Herbie Robinson. It's like, <laughs> what a musical name. Well, Quint's got a musical uh, uh, d- uh, delivery. He's He's got a very yeah. musical inflection. Like the way yeah. uh, like uh, Robert Shaw plays that guy is just like, he has a certain like fluidity in his voice and a certain yeah. like rhythmic and melodic like timbre to the way he delivers his lines it's like he's an I mean, ocean robert shaw's an amazing incredible he's an ocean poet robert shaw's an amazing actor he like, was yeah. supposedly for many days of this movie so profoundly shit-faced and or hungover <laughs> that like he could barely get through his scenes like was that method uh, acting <laughs> yeah and he's still just like incredible there's like do you know the moment where he's like he yells at, at Hooper. It's like towards the beginning of when they're on the boat, he's like, like he's telling him to turn. He's, he yells out like, ain't you watching him? Like uh, <laughs> something like that. That scene, evidently he basically like was so hung over that he couldn't speak. And he like got that line out and then they had to like cut for the day. But he like uh, you watch the movie and it's like that line is delivered so incredibly well. It's like, what a pro. Yeah. Do, do and you, you know find- what other, the other, Oh, I, the one other thing that I, I just interject here is like, so how come the little troll guy that follows Quint around on land doesn't come on the boat with them? Yeah, I, I know. I that know. This time too. I first saw him tonight. <laughs> he's amazing. I never noticed him. I love. Does that. he have he, a little he's dog? He's in several too? scenes. He yeah. does have a dog, but he's in several scenes helping that, to load the boat. Is that young Gene Hackman? <laughs> it's like, a young Lex Luthor. It's a baby hackman. No, I think from like what Crimson Tide, you know. Oh, oh wow! With the dog, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm he saying. he couldn't come on the trip because he had to go scout oh, out some Lippenzoner stallions. He did. Yeah. I'll be your fill-in when you are blue, so you can fool me some more. I know you'll hike it. Someday you'll pack. Then you'll be leaving my door. Oh, but I kind of like it, taking you back, so you can fool me some more. I only look for roses when in season. Ah, oh, but you're a rose that comes and goes without a reason. I make my mind up, I'm just a fool. Someday I'll even the score Only to wind up Breaking the rule So you can fool me some
Consider yourselves off the menu. Yeah, Jayware, you can uh, you can take off the cummerbund and the top hat now. And uh, okay, and just and I can the, just riff the fishnets. Oh, yeah. yeah, like are there are there uh, dungeons that you want to explore? Are there? Have you watched any of the other movies that we've uh, that we've take done? Off the cummerbund. Do you do you have any dungeon any stray dungeon threads any stray dungeon toilet paper that stuck to your foot when you left the bathroom? Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm always yeah I'm I'm always the voice that's <laughs> he's a little to you. he's a little hazy tonight though so it's hard to tell. Yeah, well I'm, I'm not little... really in, I'm not really entirely sure. I mean I'm gonna say I'm a I'm a first time caller, uh, also first time listener. <laughs> <laughs> I contemplated listening to some of these dungeons. No, it's for the I, best. But I, I decided not to because I thought I, I'm doing this new thing. It's called. Um, well, I was, so I was teaching this class. Mm-hmm. I was, no, I was teaching this class in a, at the art museum, and the pay wasn't well, and and I haven't taught in years, and um, so I decided I'm going with what I'm calling a cold pedagogy. Where mm-hmm. I just go, I don't do any, I don't do any prep. I just go in and like see what happens. I like it. But you I came up with some bullshit. It's, it's cold dough. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I felt like I would just kind of like do this with all my new endeavors. Cause yeah. so I'm just going, I'm doing cold dungeon tonight. It's and beautiful. I feel like, you know, I, I feel like maybe I failed in some respect, but no, 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 there's, there's, I'm, well, in some ways there's no such thing as failure in the dungeon and there's only failure in the dungeon. Yeah, it's so clo- that's closer to the truth. Yeah. I um, was, I was, I was taking, I was t- uh, talking to Georgia, little Georgia yesterday or Sunday. And she said something about being scared of failure, something along the lines. And I, I imparted this little nugget to her. It's like, um, what what was it? Uh, you you can't fail unless you try, or something. Mm. There's no you, unless you try, you can't fail. It's true. Um, there's no there's no fail in team. Yeah, and I feel like it's important to you know try I, to fail. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely. No, failure is huge. Failure is a big thing. And, what was um, what did Yoda say? Uh, fa- failure most of all, I think, is how Yoda put it. Yeah, uh, there's, we learned there's from no failure try. There's only all. failure. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 do do you um, are you the kind of person that will ever order off the menu, Josh? Oh, dude, not anymore. But I went through a phase. Back in the day when I was a vegetarian, um, where I only ordered off menu, because the other thing was I couldn't order. I, I was going through this period where I was really neurotic and like dealing with some OCD things, mm-hmm. and I couldn't order something that someone else ordered. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. some of my friends found that out. Bob actually found this out. <laughs> you know, Bob. Uh-huh. And yeah. so he, he, we'd go to restaurants. Friend of the podcast, a, Bob Fijis. Yeah. If there was only one vegetarian option on a menu, he would order it. Just oh, to fuck I love with me. Bob. Oh my so God. So I started ordering off menu. So I started just making up things off menu to like get the, the people to make me. And, you know, most people will let you order off menu. It's crazy. Um, 
Did you, but did I don't, you make I don't any discoveries anymore. that were really delicious? Like at, No, because you'd have to like just like make shit up. Like you'd be ordering like combining like side dishes and stuff and like uh-huh. and sometimes actually, you know, the first time I met Juliet was in at Chicago. We went to this uh-huh. diner across from Julia Cohen's place one morning uh-huh. and I did this thing where I was ordering things. And I wanted them and I, I remember as they left to take the order. I was just like, I'm going to be so pissed if they bring me out. Like, cause I ordered all these sides. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to be so pissed if they bring me out like four different side plates with all these things instead of one just big plate with everything piled on it. And they fucking did it, man. Cause I had ordered like four sides <laughs> and they brought out like four mini plates as opposed to like just putting <laughs> on one plate. And I was livid, you know, cause it just seems like strange. Why would someone do that? But I just had the waitress had this look in her eye. I knew she was going to do it. It's crazy. You you think it was personal? No, you could just tell she's the kind of gal and the probably the cooks were the kind of cooks who would put four different sides on four different plates instead of serving all four sides on one big plate. Yeah. When that I was fucking love that as a thing you can tell about. <laughs> can you, when you like, so let's say in the movies that we watched, could you look in Quint's eye and say like, if he worked at a restaurant, how many plates it, are you getting? How many plates are you getting? Are you getting oh, one Quint's plate? Quint's giving you one you, okay, plate. You order four and, sides from Quint. How many plates are you getting? <laughs> you get one plate and you know what and the, but the and not only that is the sides aren't even going to be segregated he's just going to slap them on top of one another mm. you're, I mean, you get ordering chum. four sides ordering four sides. sides for your entree is a college boy maneuver he yeah. uh, he throws everything that on is, top of that one is another total college spite. boy yeah. yeah yeah total college boy maneuver no he's totally Deep. throwing all his sides all, all your sides on top of one another on one plate and being like, fuck mm. you. Fuck you, college what about, what about uh What about Terry Gar? Oh, Terry Gar. We yeah, have can we? Beautiful chub in a big way. I had such a crush on her. Yeah. So Terry Gar was like definitely one of my childhood crushes. And like, what a winning character me. in that movie. Oh my God. Yeah. She just like, everything she does is like so right. She's so yeah. like funny and charming. She's a deeply charming actor, you know? Yeah. Like you see her on screen and you're just like, I would be friends with her, you know? Like, and she's really like, I don't know her. Yeah. She has such charisma, you know, mm. she's really mm-hmm. charismatic. What is, is star studded castle? Keaton, Gar, yeah. Tambor, Tambor, Mar, Christopher Lloyd, Christopher yeah. Lloyd's in there, you know, know like just like, it's just like you, he's a bit pick. I never noticed until this watching of Mr. Mom that John Hughes wrote it. Yeah, yeah. That's I guess wild. I never noticed that either until this time as well. That's he hadn't um, directed anything yet. Hughes Hughes penned a, a, a several movies like yep. early in his day, pre directorial. But pretty, um, pretty good. it definitely has that Hughes kind of air to it, minus you know the teenagers. And it's, it's in got Detroit some Home Alone three, yeah. But did Hughes write three? He did, yeah. He wrote Home Alone three. Really? He did, yeah, yeah. He wrote you're, directed. You're he wrote and directed. Right no, Hughes did Home Alone. Hughes wrote directed. I know he did Home, Home, Home Alone, but I'm, yeah, but I'm, he did Home Alone three too. Like that's the shock of Home Alone three is you think like oh, right, oh it got it. oh my yeah. god. 
It's an excellent film. I mean, we all way. agree it's an excellent film. <laughs> Is that the one with the girl? No, it's uh, the one no, with like no. a totally unrelated to the family like kid. Who's Although there is, like, it is an citizen. early Scarlett Johansson performance as, oh, his, as the boy's sister. Yeah, ScarJo is so good in that. Um, Wasn't there a Home Alone that had a girl, a, a young girl's lead instead of a boy? Hmm. I think see. that What's there's like four. There's like a maybe maybe some direct direct to yeah somewhere in the early teens. There's a. Home Alone Four, I think, I think, is a girl. I can't. I'm looking at the cover of it though, and I, I can't quite tell. <laughs> it's ambiguous. She's got curly hair. Mm. It's the same girl that was in John Hill Hughes' final film, I think. Yeah, maybe. Curly Sue. Uh, I. You know, I want to. Curly wanna Sue. S- that's a wow. Curly that's Sue. Done. I saw Curly Sue in the theater. That's Hughes' final film before he, uh, you know, really? Hughes died of a heart attack walking walking down the street in Manhattan. Jesus. Really? He was just strolling along in Manhattan and just keeled over from a gripper. Wow. Man. Yeah. That was his last film? Oh just my God. Yeah. Di- dying of a heart attack walking down the street is such a 20th century way to die, you know? like mm. just. Did Hughes do the movie Dutch? With with Al Bundy, yeah. What's his name? Ed O'Neill. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like he had something to do with Dutch. He 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 wrote Dutch. You're right. He he wrote and produced. You could feel the you could feel the the fingerprint of Hughes in Dutch. Yeah, I got. I feel like I have a decent amount of deep knowledge on Dutch or, uh, really? or on uh, on Hughes, though. I on think Hughes, you really seem to. Yeah, he's like one of those people that like was great to know up until a certain point. It's like it's kind of like you should just be if you like like John Hughes now. It's like you're just you kind of get canceled just for liking him now. I mean, because mm. his movies don't. A lot of his movies don't age well. I, I like, guess that's true. They age poorly for the most part. Except for Home Alone like, 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which like, is I g- feminist text. <laughs> uh, do you do you have any uh anything that you'd like to say to um our our listeners? We have three confirmed listeners. I think <laughs> they've all been on. They've all been on the show, and now we have a we have a guest who's who's not a listener, which is interesting <laughs> because we yeah. we went from the contrast of Jacob Odding last week, who has who like, like knows more about the show than we do. Yeah, like who who he he um I think he's listened to most of them, you know, like and uh, so I I appreciate uh, I appreciate the cold pedagogy. Um, mm. cold you- pedagogy yeah, cold is dungeon. an idea i'm taking with me i'm taking i'm stealing cold pedagogy for sure you know cold yeah. pedagogy really makes teaching a lot easier um, yeah when you do it streamlines when you do the know. process yeah. yeah i mean when you have to put in no prep <laughs> when there's zero prep you actually you know, have really to put in no prep it's part of the pedagogy yeah yeah it frees it frees you up to do other things you know like <laughs> like, like the dungeon what? Or going out with your friends. 
or just yeah. like taking a nap. <laughs> and those those things inevitably shape who you are, which shapes what your cold pedagogy is like, you know? Like um, The one, one thing, thing I, I, I will say that I, sorry. I was going to say that I would like to, I, I feel like if I, if I did listen to maybe a few episodes and like, I could bone up on my skills here a little bit. I feel like no, I could no, be no. a better like, this is This is, <laughs> we like it. We like it. We like the dungeon raw and untamed. What, <laughs> like what are these like? What are the like beams of what are the beams of light behind you, Josh? Oh, those are lights. <laughs> yeah, I he made, made those. those. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, you right. have, I have to say, your bedroom is really um, uh, an optimistic place to like. I like your apartment. You you've transformed it from a dungeon into a space that is like really habitable. With plants well, yeah, and things. You know, when I moved in here, it was like the original color was floor to ceiling mustard yellow mm. and then Oren when Oren moved in here he painted some of the rooms like this like champagne beige which was equally horrendous <laughs> um, oh man and when which I came in he should be here, arrested for just even thinking of doing that there, it was yeah I they they went from like some, a horribly depressing color to another horribly depressing color there was no thought of like Making it less depressing. Shouts to Oren for pulling <laughs> off that. That's amazing. Yeah, he just went. He just wanted to pivot hard into a different kind of depression. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, I painted everything white. I think it gives it a nice glow. You know, but yeah. I think I, I'd like to put some gauzy drapes in here because this this looks, and especially that that looks a little beat. You know, it's it looks so a little serial killer. Like- Describing the visuals, <laughs> it's like audio. Um, yeah, no, but I think you know this is a pretty good room. I got some plant life in here, you know. I mean, sweet. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I don't know how to flip the camera on this guy. No, I guess he can't is... because it's on a computer. But if I could yeah. flip the camera, that you'd see other plants. Yeah. Sweet. It, it's a good climate in there, I gotta say. So shout out to to Jayware's apartment, you know. Yeah, I, I dig it. It's good. I've been here for I'll be six years in March. Wow. Yeah, it's got an yeah. excellent dungeon too. It really is a notable dungeon house. Well, I will say this with a yeah, killing I mean, floor. If, Wait, it's the same in. place. I was involved with like hanging drywall down there at one point. I think. Oh, you you did the walls? With I was. Zayas? Yeah, I was one of the people who was there for that. Yeah, man, same fucking place. We did not uh, do a get, good job down there. Danny Rado just got some mail yeah. today, and Joe Lennon is constantly getting mail here. Joe okay. Lennon has creditors after him, hardcore. <laughs> <It's> not- <laughs> <laughs> That's the dungeon after dark. Is like Joe Lennon, like. <laughs> Pay it, pay but, it, like, pay the price. No, there's there's people always chasing Lennon for money, and I just like, <laughs> I don't know like what to do because like, I mean, I, I'm not that close with Joe Lennon, and he lives in Prague, so it's kind of like, does he even care? You know? Well, yeah, catch him but, if they can. You know? Go but no, that's John. We Should do I have, bleep we do out have, his name? <laughs> <laughs> this we is- do have a we do have a pretty intense dungeon on here, so like. Orrin moved in here when he went through a breakup and he was down there with the sadness until Joe and Danny moved out. He moved upstairs and then he got Abby to move in here. And then I went through a breakup and I moved into the dungeon and had a lot of sadness down there. It's like if you get dumped, you have to go down to the basement. Yeah. Well, if you go through a hard breakup and I mean, the thing is like it only exacerbates, 
your sorrow because it's like there's not much natural light. There's low hanging ceilings, like with exposed beams. You mm. know, there's various critters down there, and it's just like it's definitely a place that you don't want to go to, like feel good about yourself. Yeah, and that actually. So when Abby and I lived here, her friend Melissa went through a breakup and she briefly went moved into the dungeon for like a month or two. And so it's like, there's just a lot of sadness down there. And I feel like there's no intelligent reason one should go down there post breakup to live. But it seems like that's what happens. You know, it's like a rite of passage to move into mm. this house. It's like, feel sorrow and then feel steer, it more once you move in. <laughs> steer into the skid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>